This is Endscreen Noise. My name is Colin Dixon, founder and chief analyst at Endscreen Media, and today is February 16th, 2022. By now, you've probably heard that about 112.3 million people watched Super Bowl 56 last Sunday, but you may have been left with the impression that the streaming audience made up less than 10% of the viewers. In fact, it was much higher than that, and in today's podcast, I'm going to explain why. Now, I'm going to provide quite a lot of data in today's podcast, and I'll try and keep it as as short and simple as possible. But if you want to review the numbers, you can pop over to the Endscreen Media website, where I will post this podcast, as well as, of course, on my podcast channel. And you can read a lot more about the data there in that posting on the Endscreen Media website. And, and while you're there, why don't you sign up for my newsletter? You can get either the daily or the weekly or both if you would like. And of course, it's always free. And that will keep you up to date with the latest news and analysis. So let's dig into the numbers. The TV audience actually received its lowest rating since 1969. That's all the way back to Super Bowl three, when the Jets beat the Colts 16 to nine. And I think actually Joe Namath was the New York Jets quarterback for that game. Now that game attracted a 36.0 share and the game on NBC this week Uh, last weekend rather, attracted a 36.9% share. Uh, So uh, really, that's a pretty poor performance on NBC. But it turns out that the audience actually was much larger than that. In fact, it was the biggest audience since 2017. 112.3 million people watched the game. And I've got to tell you, digital was a huge part of that. NBC said that 11.2 million viewers across 6 million devices watched on platforms like Peacock, NBC Sports, and various other NFL and NBC digital properties. And they said that that was a 5% increase from last year because only about 5.7 million unique devices were watching or tuned to the game. So the streaming audience was about 10%, right? Well, no, as I said, that's not the size of the streaming audience. And the reason is that Nielsen includes in its ratings virtual MVPD viewers. Those are people from Hulu Live, YouTube TV, Sling TV, uh, and, and others as well. So they are, those are all lumped in with traditional viewers. So when you come up with the number of people that actually watched on linear, you're including those. Uh, now, we want to extract out the number of streaming viewers. So we want to know how many people watched on the Virgin MVPD so that we can add it to the number that NBC said it serviced through Peacock, NBC Sports and, and the rest. So we need to know how many virtual MVPDs there are first. Now, by my reckoning, I come up with about 13 million virtual MVPD subscribers in the US. Now, this is a bit lower than some forecasts I've seen. One very prominent analyst group, which services the financial community, is claiming that there are about 14 million 
I just can't justify that number. I've gone back and looked at consensus numbers for those that don't report and the numbers just don't add up. For example, uh, Disney, which does report on the number of Hulu Live subscriptions, says there are about 4.3 million of those. Sling says that there are 2.5 million, um, about 2.5 million subscribers to Sling TV. But YouTube TV doesn't report. Consensus number there is about 4 million, and Fubo TV says it has 1.1 million, and Philo, 1 million. Uh, the big question is the number of the old AT&T OTT subscribers uh, that went to DirecTV when ATT divested itself of DirecTV. But the last time that was uh, that number was given out, it was less than 400,000. So probably not a big impact on our numbers for this calculation. So anyway, that's how I come up with my 13 million subscribers. But we can't use that as the basis to calculate the number of viewers because some of those subscribers don't, didn't have access to the game. For example, Philo, which has 1 million subscribers, they have no sports. They have no local TV, so you couldn't have watched it on Philo. As well, Sling TV only have about 10 NBC affiliates available on the platform covering about 24 million people in those 10 DMAs. So we have to eliminate the Philo subs and we have to eliminate the Sling subs with our NBC. And what you get then is about 9.7 million subscribers were actually able to tune in the game through their virtual MVPD. So we're going to assume that the virtual MVPD audience got about the same share as traditional TV, 36.9%. That means that about 3.6 million virtual MVPD subscribers were actually tuned into the game. Great, so there we are. That means uh, we've got a, a firm number now for the number of virtual MVPDs, but that doesn't represent the audience. So how can we turn those number of subscriptions into an audience? Well, the first thing is that most people watch with other people on television, and it is no different for the virtual MVPDs than for other people that watched on traditional TV. And Conviva says that the vast majority of the Super Bowl streaming minutes were delivered to a TV screen. They say 86% was delivered via uh, smart TVs, connected TV devices like Roku, and by PlayStation uh, game consoles. So that's 86%. So basically streamers are watching exactly the same way that the rest of us are watching on TV. So NBC went from 6 million unique devices to get an audience that they say was 11.2 million. So they were also assuming a, quote, co-viewing multiple on the number of unique devices because they obviously believe most people were watching on TV too. Uh, so if we take that same co-viewing multiple that turns 6 million devices into 11.2, that's about a 1.9 multiplier, we get an audience of 6.7 million viewers that streamed through a virtual MVPD. That means the percentage of the audience that streamed the Super Bowl 
was 16%, not 10%, and not 11.2 million, but 17.9 million, about, about 18 million people watched the Super Bowl on some sort of streamed platform. Uh, compared to last year, this is a modest increase, about a one, 1 million people, more people rather, watched the game streamed this year than last year. Um, and I used the same method to calculate for last year. Uh, but still, that's a steady increase. And now a substantial part of the audience is watching digitally. Now, I watched through three or four different platforms. I used NBC Sports, I used YouTube TV, and I used Peacock to watch the game. And I was comparing that to a broadcast signal coming in from an antenna to a television in my house. And I've got to tell you, the experience was pretty darn good. Um, I had a little bit of trouble getting into NBC Sports at the beginning. But once I was in, I was in, and I was able to watch the whole game pretty much uninterrupted on all of those platforms. I even went out for a walk uh, during half time and took my phone with me and had my phone on a mobile network tuned to Peacock. And even that performed pretty much flawlessly walking the three miles or so loop that I did with my dog during the half time game. Uh, so pretty good performance. The biggest problem that I saw was pretty long delays. Most of the streams were between 30 and 40 seconds behind the play. That means a complete down behind the play. And since most of us were probably monitoring social media while the game was on, that meant us poor streamers were getting told about big plays in social media before they actually occur, before we'd actually seen them in our streams. So that's a bit disappointing. Uh, but that was the biggest issue I had. Everything else seemed to go really well. And Conviva confirms that there were some problems with the streams, but the majority of people seem to have had a pretty good experience. Why don't you let me know how your experience was? Uh, why don't you post to the website where I've posted this piece? Uh, and while you're over there, you can check on the details of the data that I've talked about here and sign up for my newsletter as I recommended. So just come to endscreenmedia.com and you'll find all that there. This has been Colin Dixon with Endscreen Media. I'll speak to you again next time. This podcast is a production of Endscreen Media, all rights reserved.